Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lands. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. 1 Samuel 27. What will profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels and will then repay every man according to his deeds. So he's telling us, don't hang on to this world. Don't hang on too tight. If we're going to follow him, we have to let loose of the things of this world. Once we have let loose of things, then it's, it's like Bob Dylan said, when you got nothing, you got... Come on, you guys know that? You got nothing to lose. We have to kind of look at our situation that way. Then we can say like Paul, look, I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. I've given up my will and how I want it to be done and what may happen to me. I just want to live my life for the Lord and go and do the things He wants me to do. Then it's easier to not go down those roads. It's easier to not fear what might happen to us. Now, I'm not saying we want to face hardship. Nobody likes that. But when it comes, we'll know that the the trial and tribulation we're going through are temporary. As Paul said, they're not worthy worthy to be compared to the glory that lies before us. Ultimately, we know this. We're going to be delivered from any trial that we may ever face. So stand on that promise. All right, lesson number two. This is a hard one to hear. Once you choose to start going down that dark road, things generally get progressively worse. You think back with David. The last time he went over to the Philistines, remember what happened? He decided to do this once before. And remember, he had to act like a madman, have you know drool going down his beard and everything, and act crazy so they'd kick him out. The difference was, at that time, it was only him. He didn't have to worry about everybody else. Now it's worse because he has led... Now think about this. He's got these 600 men. He's got their wives and their children, their families. And think about how loyal these men must be to him. I mean, can you imagine marching into Philistine territory that they might have been saying, first he doesn't kill Saul when he has a chance. Now we're going to the enemy. What is he doing? And yet, they're extremely loyal. They follow him. And at first, he just goes into the court of Achish, and he stays there. Now, you know, here again, it was like, okay, David, you got a chance. Now you could, you could go to God now and say, what am I doing here? I've done this before. But instead, it goes downhill, and it gets worse. He says, I think I'm going to stay here for a while, so give me a city to stay in. And he stays for a total of 16 months in Philistine territory. And it's during that time, think about this, it's during that time that he sinks lower and lower and lower into depravity. He becomes this robber, this thief, this murderer, and this liar. 
It actually gets even worse than that, if you can imagine that, because in chapter 28 that we'll be getting to uh, next week, you'll see that David, and remember, David is the anointed king of Israel. He hasn't taken the throne yet, but he is the chosen king of Israel. And remember, he said it once in chapter 27, but he'll say it again in chapter 28. He calls himself the servant of Achish, the Philistine king. These are the bad guys. These are the guys that sent Goliath out to taunt and torment his Hebrew brothers. And he eventually had to go kill him. And now he's saying, I'm your servant. And you'll see in chapter 28, he's even willing to go to battle against his own countrymen to prove his loyalty to Achish. Now, some people say there was a, you know, they was kind of acting almost like a double agent, but I don't know. We'll wrestle with that when Pastor Michael teaches us next week. But God intervenes and he doesn't have to do it. You think about how low can he really get? And you know, when we go down that road and we give in to our fear and despair and instead of trusting God, it's going to do the same thing. It's going to get progressively worse. And you know, we can end up serving our enemy just the way David was serving his enemy. When we go down a dark road, we can serve our enemy. You know, Achish here becomes kind of a, kind of a type of Satan here when you think about it because if, as you read in, in the next chapter here and even in chapter 27, you'll see in uh, verse 12 he says about David, he surely made himself odious among his people, Israel, therefore he will become my servant forever. You see, Achish wants to own David. He wants to own him. In chapter 28, he decides to make David his permanent bodyguard. And when we choose to go our own way instead of seeking God's way, Satan can get his hooks into us as well. And we can end up serving him. And that's his intention. That's what he wants. You know, I, I think about how many people, especially, you know, I think about over the past 50 years. And I, you know, taught high school for 37 years and I just watched this happen. And I look at how many people went down the dark road of drug use, giving in to feelings that despair that they may have had, and, and how that progresses into more and more depravity, the same way that we see David in here. You know, think about it. You know, at first, you're just taking a drug, but then what happens? You run out of money, so you do what? And I always used to tell my health students this, you show me a drug addict, I'll show you a liar, a cheat, and a thief. Why? Well, because you're going to run out of money eventually. And so you lie about your drug use and you, you cheat and you steal so you can get money to buy drugs. And then almost, not always, but many, many times, what happens next? What's the next step of the progression? Now you go to work for who? The drug dealer, and he owns you. He got his hooks into you. He was the one that gave you the drugs to begin with. It's, it's such a good analogy of what happens here. So now you're owned by this drug dealer, but ultimately you're not owned by the drug dealer because he's owned as well. You're both owned by Satan himself. You're serving him. You don't want to start down that road because it's tough to get out of it once you've gone that direction. And it will get progressively worse. I told you this was a hard chapter. Lesson number three. Choosing to scheme your way to a desired end Instead of seeking God's direction, it can become a habit. 
I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but when you start figuring out ways to do things and you're not seeking the Lord, you tend to do it again and again. That's what David did. You know, he schemed before. Once he went over to Achish, he was scheming to do another terrible thing before, but Abigail saved him from that one. You know, we see that in a lot of Bible characters. Abraham, you know, he schemed his way into things, lied. Jacob, what a great example Jacob is. You know, Jacob was the ultimate schemer, and we see it in David. Even though the first time didn't work out very well, he, he tries it again. This time's not going to turn out very well either. But the interesting thing is that we all know one thing about David before we even get there in the book. And that is that David does it again. After he commits another horrible sin, he begins to scheme again. And he goes back to his lying and, in essence, his murdering by having Uriah killed to cover up his sin. And you know, the interesting thing is, if you have any kind of relationship with God at all, when you're in that state, when you're walking down the road, you're going to be miserable. If you have any kind of relationship with God, you're going to be miserable in that state. In Psalm 31.10, David said this, My strength has failed because of my iniquity. Because of my iniquity. And my body is wasted away. In 32, 3 and 4, he says, When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. Now that's not a habit that you want to get into of choosing to go your own direction, scheming your own way, ignoring what God would want you to do. Lesson four, okay, we get to the good one. There's only one remedy when you're in that dark place. And it's, I think in a sense, ironic that David is the one that gives us the remedy. Turn over to Psalm 32, 5, if you would. Psalm 32, verse 5. And we'll read verses 5 and 6. David says this, I acknowledged my sin to you, and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. Selah. And we know that means pause, to think about that for a minute or more. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time where you may be found. Well, the good thing is that God can always be found. So we can pray to him at any time. And at any time, we can acknowledge our sin to him and we can confess it to him. But it's important to know that David is saying here, I'm going to stop hiding my iniquity. I'm going to confess my transgressions to the Lord. You see, confession and repentance is the answer to getting out and getting away from the dark road that David was going into and that we might as well. We want to acknowledge our sin. We don't want to try to justify our sin. You know, how many times do we do that? How many times do we try and justify our sin? And say, well, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's a little bad. Eh, you know, it's not that bad. We need to turn away from our sin. That's all that repentance means. Turn away from it and turn back towards God. 
When we do that, that's going to start us on that road of recovery, that road of, of getting away from the dark road and the dark place and getting back into the light. But I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something here that's really important. True repentance, true repentance, true turning away really includes a brokenness on our part. You know, when we read David here, I think we can see he was broken. He, you know, God had allowed him for however he means, whether it was all physical or whether it was partly just because of, you know, the, the mental issue that he was going through. And this, of course, we know had in connection to his sin with Bathsheba. But he was miserable. And he became broken. And, and I have to tell you that I think too often, because we know of God's grace, his wonderful grace, I think it's too often that we take our sin too lightly. You know, I mean, we can go to God and we, you know, hey, praise the Lord, no problem. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. Sorry, God. Didn't mean to. You know, true change doesn't happen when we're not broken over our sin. When we go to God in that kind of an attitude, we're very likely to commit that same sin. And, and You know, you can't force yourself to be broken, but I think if you think of something like this, maybe it'll help you. Think about this one fact. Your sin and my sin put Jesus on the cross. Oh, not just our big sins. It's every sin that we commit is what put Jesus on the cross. We need to not gloss over that, and especially when we've been down a dark road where it's a constant amount of sin in our life. We need to not gloss over that fact. We need to think about and reflect upon the fact that what I have done is what put Jesus on the cross. I don't want to go down that road again. We should be broken hearted over our sin. The neat thing is, is that when we truly are, and, and I have to tell you, I, I have many people come into my office and they'll confess their sin, but I don't see the brokenness and I don't see the brokenheartedness. I do see, I think, the defense mechanism of maybe justifying a little bit why they were doing it. We don't want to do that. Don't hide our iniquity. Confess it. Be brokenhearted over it. And then the neat thing is, is that's when the healing really takes place. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Do you, do you sense that difference between, oh, thank God I'm forgiven. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, Yeah, we want to say that, but not until we've really recognized how dark our sin really is. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. You see, once we've done that, then we can go to 1 John and say, God forgives me and he cleanses me from all righteousness. Now we can go, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This was horrible, but God, he's forgiven me. He's going to cleanse me from my unrighteousness. I don't have to go back and do this again. 
We can move on. And once you've done that, once you've truly been brokenhearted, I just want to encourage you, don't go back there again. Don't go back and revisit it. You don't need to. Now is when you can move on. Paul says, press on to the high calling. Leave it back there. Leave it on the cross. Just a little while ago on a Friday night, Numa service, as we sang and worshiped the Lord, we had the cross out here in front and we encouraged people to come and take those burdens that they've been carrying. And I know many people have been carrying those burdens. Maybe they'd never truly been yet brokenhearted or maybe they had been, but they continue to beat themselves up over the same sin. Don't do that. Put it at the cross. Jesus did pay for it. You're forgiven. Now you can move on. You don't ever have to bring it up. God's not going to bring it up again. Amen? He says he remembers your sin no more. I don't think God can really forget, but he chooses never to bring it up again. So don't you bring it up again. It's done. It's over with. You can move on. And you can have that fullness of relationship that you've had with Jesus again. But hopefully, we then learn a lesson as well. Hopefully, through all that experience, we learn our lesson. And the next time we're faced with a situation of fear and despair, we don't go down that road. Instead, we go, God, what do you want me to do? I'm standing on your promises. I know, God, that no matter what happens, I no matter what happens at all, you are going to take care of me ultimately. Even if I give up my life, Lord, I am secure eternally with you. So I said said in the beginning, it's a hard chapter. It's not fun stuff to deal with. You know, I hate to look at David. He, he's a hero to me, and, and to watch him do this, is, it's hard. It's disconcerting. And, you know, another thing about it, it's really hard to explain. You ever tried to explain to a non-Christian, you know, because they love to find things like this, don't they? Oh, this is this godly guy? Yeah, this is why I don't believe in God. Look at this guy. He's godly. He's man after God's own heart. Look what he does. He's terrible. What do you say? You can't say anything other than, you're right. What he did was terrible. But you know, even with all that, I'm really glad this chapter's in the Bible for two main reasons. Number one, I think it proves the truth and accuracy of the Bible. Look, if somebody was just going to write a bunch of stories to convince you to follow them and that God existed and you should submit to God and then everything will be good and you'll be a great person, you certainly wouldn't include this in there, would you? I wouldn't. How are you going to convince anybody of that? It's too real. Nobody in their right mind would do that. And number two, it is an ultimate testament to God's amazing grace. The fact that David could do such terrible things and yet still become the king of Israel, still serve God, God would still use him. God still loved him. To think of that, it's just amazing. It's hard to comprehend. But it certainly gives me hope that God could use me. And I think it would give you hope that God could use you. No matter what road you have taken in the past. But the lesson again here for us is this. It's pretty simple. Always better to trust God and to look for His direction in our life than to make decisions based on our own feelings, our own fears, our own intellect, and our own will. And then we don't have to go down those dark roads. 
D.L. Moody said this, and I'm going to close with this. I love this. He said, trust in yourself, and you are doomed to disappointment. Trust in your friends, and they will die and leave you. Trust in reputation, and some slanderous tongue may blast it. But trust in God, and you are never to be confounded in time or eternity. What a great statement. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this chapter. And even though it is hard to look at, Lord, because, you know, we, we want to believe that any godly person would never do such awful things. And Lord, as you shared with us so often in your word, we, we desire to live a godly, holy, set-apart-for-you life and one that we would never do these things. But Lord, we know that, that we will yet still sin. And I pray for each one here that, that they would never give in to the despair and the fear and, and make these kinds of decisions. But yet, Lord, I'm so thankful that even when we have done these things, God, maybe not as bad as David, but nothing that we should ever try to justify, things that are still sin, that, God, you forgive us. And I ask, Lord, if anyone tonight's been going down that road, that tonight would be their time of repentance. And Lord, that they would be brokenhearted and crushed in spirit over their sin and that they would turn to you and to ask for that forgiveness. And I pray for those, Lord, tonight that are in a place where you know, they're looking at their situation and they're going, this is bad, this is tough. There might be a way out and they're, and they're scheming in their own mind. I pray that God stop them in their tracks. Speak to their heart tonight. Give them any promise that you want to give to them about their situation, but Lord, ultimately help them to cling to the promise that you have already given us, Lord, that we will ultimately be delivered into your hand no matter what happens to us here. And God, if there's anyone here tonight that has been listening to this and they've never really actually turned their life over to you, they've never really denied themselves and picked up their cross to follow you, but they see tonight that that's something that they need to do. I pray that you'd be speaking to their heart right now. And I pray, God, that they would surrender their life and their heart to you. And, and Lord, learn to not hold on to this world, but to cling on to you. And if that's you tonight, then, then just pray and ask God to forgive you of the sin that you have committed, the things that you've done to Ask him to forgive you and to come into your life and to be your Lord and your Savior and your Master and, and commit yourself to following after him. I pray that you would speak that to him right now to receive Jesus into your life and into your heart. God, for all the others that I know, Lord, are desiring to attain to that life that you would have us, to be the godly examples and have been the godly examples, Lord. Not perfect. Would you just strengthen them tonight? Strengthen their resolve to follow you. Strengthen their, their soul, Lord. Give them courage to continue to do what's right, to continue to make the choices that you are leading and guiding them into and not to ever give in to fear and despair. Lord, would you do that for each one tonight? Lord, we're just so thankful that we can 
learn from you and learn from even one of the most horrible situations that we could imagine in the Bible. We thank you for speaking to us. And we thank you, Lord, for for going to that cross for our sin and to bringing us to salvation. We love you, Lord. We praise you. And as we sing this closing song, Lord, I pray that each one of us will would just sing this from our heart, giving you the thanks and the praise and the honor that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, everybody. This is Cameron Thomas here, and I'm sitting here with Pastor Michael. And we're about to embark on a new adventure for Living Truth Radio. It's not going to replace the program that you're listening to right now. It's actually in addition to what you're listening to. So, Pastor Michael, what's this new adventure that we're embarking on? The new adventure is called The Bible Answer Show, Cameron. And it is a show to get questions from our listening audience and to give them answers. The tagline is, you've got questions, we've got answers. At least we hope to have all the answers, Cameron. And so it's a live interaction show, Q&A style. When can people listen to this new show? This show is going to be on from 12 to 1 Pacific Time every Friday. So that's the time, 12 to 1 Pacific Time on Fridays. And how can people access this? There's a number of ways to access it, Cameron, and the hub of it all is livingtruthradio.org. That's our website. And I'm hoping that our listening audience has already been there, livingtruthradio.org. And there they'll be able to find out all the different ways to interact with the Bible Answer Show. And the different vehicles are Facebook Live, live YouTube channel. We'll have podcasting where they can go back and listen to the show later. And they can even email questions to us at answers at livingtruthradio.org. That's answers at livingtruthradio.org. Awesome. So make sure you guys get those questions into us because otherwise we're trying to guess what questions you have and we're not mind readers. So get those questions into us so we can answer them for you on Fridays. Pastor Michael, anything? Last thoughts? Well, you're kind of the Facebook guy, Cameron, and I was thinking when people go to Facebook Live and they they have to like the Bible Answer Show, right? So tell them about how to like it and then how to get their questions. You have to go to facebook.com slash Bible Answer Show. There's no the, just Bible Answer Show. And you like the page, and if you follow us on Facebook Live on Fridays, you can actually ask your questions there. That's the only real live format that you can ask your questions. Otherwise, you have to email them in. And when they do that, they'll be able to interact with us live and get their questions answered right there on the spot. So that's it's going to be great, Cameron, and we're really excited. And yeah, I just want to tell you guys... Keep us in prayer on the Bible Answer Show. We're adding this as a new show. We know you have questions, and you may have friends, family members of questions that may live in other states or even another country. Tell them about the show. Keep us in prayer. And join us this Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Bible Answer Show. Can't wait to be with you guys. On behalf of Living Truth Radio and Pastor Michael Lance, blessings to you all. LivingTruthRadio.org Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again, learn more about our church in Corona, or to access archived messages, go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the church tab. You can follow us on Instagram at livingtruthcorona or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry. You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org.